1: helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself.
2: First, a shout-out to all those experiencing these record rains around the U.S. Everyone stay safe, please. Um, And I am excited that today's show is all callers from around the country. So we're looking forward to what's on folks' minds, and I'm very excited to start in my own hood in the New York City area and welcome Emma to the show. Emma, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi Molly. thanks so much. Well, I appreciate your calling in and what conversation or situation is on your mind? Yeah, so I work at a
3: fairly small company and I have um, a couple people on my team It's about a team of ten um, and the other and i'm I'm fairly new. I just joined about a year ago but I had a mistake that I made at work, and I feel like it was handled really poorly um, in that I just, um, I feel like when I made the mistake, it was addressed per usual, but then it tended to drag on and on and on to the point where I felt like I had to apologize multiple times to different members on my team. And I was just wondering, um, you know, in that instance, I didn't feel like it was warranted, but I felt pressured to continue to apologize. And I didn't know in that sort of situation when you make a mistake at work, what you recommend doing and how you handle that. I
2: oh, appreciate this. Cause we all know mistakes are where we learn the most. So we love them. And I'll quote Gary Ridge, right? My friend, CEO of WD4D mistakes are learning moments. So folks uh, embrace those. And I am sorry that you, you know, owned it and it seems to be dragging on and on you want to say a little bit more, um, you know, you you made the mistake, you owned it, and then what is it that kept going on and on, just to help us understand a bit?
3: Um, I feel like the team in general focuses a lot on improving processes and everything. And I think it was used kind of as a scapegoat at, to point to, to be like, this is why we need to keep improving our processes, because this mistake was made. And I didn't feel like the communication was done in such a way that it was okay to have made the mistake in the first place, but more so, um, you know, just as making me feel bad, I guess, about it, which was not fun. Um, And it was something that was going to go to external people, a mistake on, you know, just an accounting error. And the issue was resolved before it got to any external eyes, but I think the pressure in the team to get everything perfect and stuff like that was overwhelming. And the response was not, you know, positive let's learn from this mistake and then, you know, kind of move on from it. It was more like let's learn from this mistake and continue to (laughs) keep bringing up the mistake.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no good deed goes unpunished. Okay. So first off, We can do the right things, Emma. So you can own it and you can own it in the right way. It can be very skillful. We can't control how other people respond. So that's okay. Okay. So you can sleep well at night when you do what you think is right and you do it to the best of your ability, the end, right? We can't, don't, you know, beat yourself up. It should be going fine. They should be doing this. Sometimes it doesn't. And if that is the situation, you know, to my, my mentor and, uh, a friend, Marshall Goldsmith, you put your right arm in the air, you wave your wrist around, you let it go. And you do your best to just move on and model, you know, moving forward. So I just want to give you that as the ultimate, like you, you're not stuck with this forever. (laughs) You do what you can, Mm -hmm. um, but you want to have compassion for yourself and say, look, I got it. And I'm moving on. You know, even if you feel like other peoples are hanging on. Now, I think the two, okay. two things, right? Two things for the system of the the group is to say, hey, you know, if you feel like it keep, keeps coming back on you, um, part of it is just realizing you hear that mistake, and you're like, are they trying to make you feel bad? And that would be different if you feel like, well, people in the workplace are trying to make other people, in this case, you feel bad. That would be intentionally not very nice. That is a culture issue, right? So I, I guess yeah. I would ask you that. Do you think that that's going on, that people are trying to poke at that and make you feel bad deliberately?
3: Um, no, I, I don't think it's a deliberate thing. I think that maybe, you know, they haven't had conversations about discussing things skillfully. So the other piece was that, you know, the most senior people in my group, I had to sit down conversations with them and just discuss what could have gone better um, in that instance. And I think there was a lot of, You know, talk like me trying to explain the issue and what had happened, and then not really being willing to listen to the mechanics behind it. So, because I was ultimately trying to help the process improve, but they were more interested in like asking me why that could have happened. And it didn't seem, I don't know, it was like I was getting one message on this is how we can improve our processes. And on the other hand, it was like, let's rehash this exact mistake a bunch of times. And I wasn't really sure going into the meeting how, or the, the multiple meetings I had actually, how to approach, you know, first the explanation and then hearing out, the obviously, the more senior people in the group and letting their voice be heard and maybe voicing my opinion in a different way.
2: Yeah. Okay, perfect. If I'm, before I get to that meaty one, let me just say that if folks aren't deliberately you know, trying to make you look bad, even when it happens, just notice kind of, it might be like, Ugh. And do your best to exhale and have compassion because the colleagues aren't deliberately trying to make you, you know, feel bad and they're just not that skillful. So we feel bad for them, okay? So that's just to, just, just not drive ourselves crazy because mm-hmm. I want you to be your best friend and us. We're worst enemy, right? So just remember that for those situations. Now, for the boss folks, um, and this is a big one for listeners, you know, I think you owned it. That's great. And they are calling and so hey, you know, let's um, love to hear folks' thoughts. Give them a chance to... To share, I think oftentimes we get into the explaining, which can come across like defending to them, even though we're not. So, to the extent that uh, you you could say, "Hey, it's really important that we have a shared reality." You can blame me, right? And we're on the same page. I'd love to hear what folks think, which also shows confidence. And they might be, like, "What?" Well, so, well, I'll just you know, I know we're coming at this from different angles, and it's really helpful for me to hear what you think. Right, you're helping me, the junior person. Um, you know, learn, hear what you think, and so that gives them a chance to hear what's on their mind, and gives you, you know, a good sense of okay, this is what's going on. And then you thank people for sharing. And first, say you know, like I've said before, I just want you to know I really appreciate how we're embracing, you know, um, these kinds of mistakes. As we talked about, it didn't get externally, so I feel great about that, and it's a learning thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. You take the high road. You put it out there. If they didn't say what you wish they said, you turn it around in a way where they you said it, and it makes them feel like they said it, right? You make them look good. So that might be a way to okay. to ease into it. And also, it can it can help be help to say, ah, oh, you know, I'm have been here uh, relatively new, and I, I definitely am owning my piece. Again, I'm so grateful for how we're embracing that. You know, when we make these snafus, we learn from them. I really want to thank folks for that. Right. So again, you're taking the high road. Maybe they're not as fabulous and as skillful as we would like. I'm hearing you say there was no big damage here, you know, was an error. Um, And then explain it and see. And then, you know, what next? What would you like me to do? Anything follow up? Just give them the chance to have the last word because bosses like to have the last word. Thanks so much. Move on. That, That might be a way. So let me just pause. How's that landing for you? that's good that's good I think
3: um, I think so far you've answered all the questions and made me feel a lot better about the mistake which is good Um, and the way I handled it which I think um, was was pretty much in line with how you're saying but I think the last piece is going forward I'm a little bit nervous that my that that like mistake will have set me back and kind of put me back a few months um, to back to being a new person and just wondering if you have any tips or just things to say if it does come up that you know the more senior people um you know my boss or he's he's just saying something like oh since you're new here or something like that is there there anything i can say to convey that's kind of unfair at this point
2: Uh, that's a great point the going forward piece so first off right everyone makes mistakes you are normal you made one and you're learning from it so don't so not to be arrogant about it, but hey, that's normal and you're learning from it and that's great. So there's no reason for you to not stand tall, right? Stand tall because you're learning and you're growing and, you know, show that you're confident and you know your stuff. That's first and foremost, right? So there's no reason going in, well, people might think that I'm new now, right? That kind of self-doubt isn't helpful. So just stand tall as you as you normally would. And then if people make a comment, right, let's just say... Uh, Maybe it's even is a little off the cuff. You might just say, oh, just a second. Would you say that again, please? Because it may. Whoa, 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 nothing. Oh, OK. So at least they're kind of aware, you know, just just great transparency for that. And just ask, hey, what, what were you meaning by that? Just so you can talk about it. Well, you know, they made okay. that mistake. Oh, I appreciate you bring that up. Now, let me ask you something. And I'm gonna be really honest and I'm not trying to be mean. Have you ever made a mistake? and see what they say, right? And say, you know, I know that you're, you're trying to help me, um, but I, I have to be honest, it feels like I'm, you know, what is it? It's like a boat anchor for me or you're some kind of a metaphor, right? That I made this one mistake and I'm suffering forever. And I know that's not what you mean, but that, you know, is how I feel. Oh, that's yeah. not how I want okay. you to feel. Okay, great. You know, so just work with it. And not in a, you know, pokey way, but just in a curious light way and but what it says is emma's paying attention right i'm not here as some you know side jabs and more likely my sense is it's a 50 50 like you tend to feel like oh my god people are are you know thinking about me a different way so then you may interpret right you may create meaning out of something that isn't there so you know as i've said yeah. before Try to work with the reality as it is. You're not making things up, you know, in your own mind. If, you, if you're if you not sure, use your skillfulness. You know, I'm not really sure about that. Would you say a bit more so that you clarify? So Tell me, pause. How's that, Lynn?
3: Yeah, that's good. That makes sense. And uh, I think, like, assuming that they're not purposefully trying to, you know, make me feel bad or something and, and know that it's more present in my mind probably than theirs is you know, good to hear as well.
2: Yeah, we don't want to be our worst enemy. So, listen, I appreciate your, your uh, you know, focusing on this. I do think it's important because, you know, I am sensing that you're aware of people's impressions and we, we want to, to manage those and, and put our best foot forward. Uh, before we wrap here, what's your top takeaway from our little chat, Emma? Um, top takeaway is, you
3: know, not... When I have those conversations with people and I think I'm being skillful and they are not to, you know, I can't do anything about that and sort of let that go in my mind and not try to, like, put words in my head about what they should have said and try to, you know, maneuver that and just, you know, thank them and be kind first and know that, that, like, they're probably dealing with things as well.
2: Yeah, that's great compassion. That is always going to serve you well. I thank you for calling in. You know how to reach me. I'm cheering for you. So if I can be of more help, don't hesitate to to reach out. And I thank you for being part of the solution. Take good care. Thank you. You too. Ciao, ciao. Ah, Love the young people. Okay. Before my next caller, I would invite you, if you're listening in, to give me a ring, 866-472-5790. Internationally, you can call Collect at country code 1-480-398-3352. And there is more help for folks at sayitskillfully.com, my site. You can sign up for the mailing list and have a chance for a little one-on-one with me, which would be super fun. Okay, let's go to the further northeast into Boston, and I am thrilled to welcome Claire to the show. Hi, Claire. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Could not be more fabulous. I'm talking to you.
4: (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited that you're having me on today. So
2: what is uh, the conversation or what situation is going on for you?
4: Yeah, so um, I am actually changing careers and changing complete industries. So um, something I definitely wanted to talk to you about is I'm going into an industry that I know some about, but completely different than what I've been doing before. Um, And and one of the main concerns, but maybe more of a concern, the things that I have that I know I needed to work on in my old career Uh, I don't want that to follow me to my new career. And um, I'm wondering how much should I share with my new leader or manager on, hey, these are things that I am working on um, and how, and I don't know how I want to be coached on that yet, if that? makes sense, that type of situation.
2: That makes perfect sense. I love it. And I love being proactive about your development. Way to go, Claire. Really great. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. So can you share for my edification and for listeners, Claire, what are some of the things that uh, in your previous role you were working on to grow?
4: So for one of them um, is making sure to follow up with clients and now and trying to find a balance of, is this too much follow-up or is this not enough follow-up? And what is the right time to follow-up in terms of after a client meeting?
2: Okay, that's a great, that's a great example. Okay, so here's, you. Um, you know, as you're getting started, you know, it gets, it's a new thing. And I want to encourage for all listeners, you know, this is our opportunity to make that first impression, right? So we want to make a great first impression not to say it has to be perfect so not too much pressure but the ability <laughs> to be intentional right so i encourage a little of the prep before we walk in thinking okay here i am and you know being clear on the some of the things that you think you bring to the table not in an arrogant or boastful way but what are some of the distinctive um attributes you might have, you know, particularly great mm-hmm, yeah. people person, right? Uh, what are some of the experiences? Just so you have that confidence in your own self um, and how you can add value. And I know that sounds basic, but, you know, certain things shine about us. That's great. And then maybe some things are some things <laughs> that you're not so great at and some things that, you know, you're horrible at. Now, some of the things we're horrible yeah. at Maybe we don't ever need to be great at that. So it's about working through with your leadership. What are the things that might be blind spots or weaknesses that we need to bolster? And some of the ones that we're not good at, we let it go. Okay. We're not trying to be fabulous in everything, first and foremost.
3: Okay.
4: <laughs> that is yeah. very true. Awesome.
2: Right. right. So thinking about our own self is, to me, that's the do the self work. And then as folks get started, I think there's, you know, just that, initial onboarding and understanding what company the company has planned. Some people may be super fabulous at this, which you just want to understand. Um, If it's not super fabulous, you might want to help co-create. And that might be, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I understand we have this part. Uh, Maybe there's the people. I think about this as the people in the organization and then kind of the on-the-job, the the, the work piece. Yeah, of course. But particularly the people part. If they don't have a structure, it says, you know, hey, I, I know that there's a lot here. Um, And I, you know, it's hard to even know first things first when I'm new. Um, Can we talk about, you know, how I might um, get connected to key people and understand the organization? And, and if they look at you like they've, right, they get, if you have like five eyes, I don't think they will, but they'll be, oh, that's a great point, Claire. We, (laughs) you know, you love you being proactive. And so co-create and figure that out with your leader. And the point is, Hey, I'm here and I want to like accelerate my learning curve and add the most value. So this is so helpful that you're spending time with me to do this. And for some leaders may not get that. I would say the vast majority do that the investment up front makes, makes, you know, a big difference, but if they don't, <laughs> you are, you are layering it on like, wow, I'm so grateful you're spending the time for me so that they feel appreciated and then it's worthwhile. Right? Awesome. So that's just getting the organization. I think the same thing goes for the task. Right. And then mm-hmm. at the right time, so I'm not saying this is necessarily all the first meeting, but you might think about, you know, one of the things that attracted me here, I'm going to make this up a little bit to embellish, but, you know, I really see the opportunity for growth. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I know that I'm going to own my part of my okay. growth. I'd love to at the right time, get a sense for how uh, you folks think about career conversations Do you use tools? You know, you're all curious. You're just learning and figure out, like, what's the landscape? And, you know, I would say a lot of folks, it's a little bit to be desired. You know, very few, even the folks I know who are executives would say we could probably do a little bit better job, right, on this (laughs) aspect. So just figure out what it is, right? And then say, you know, how do you like to work it? And you're partnering with your boss. Um, And so I think that the... but the first thing is with the, and people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. So um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I, I presume, I presume, and I shouldn't be, how excited are you about working with your new boss? I mean, tell us a little bit about your new boss.
4: I'm very excited. Um, I'm very excited. I know there's going to be a few of them that I'm going to be working with. So I just, I can't wait. I had um, great conversations with them. And, and, you know, one of the main things we talked about was how to communicate with each other. So that was something very important for me, looking at a new career is learning how, um, you know, the managers talk to the people who work with them and for them and how they want me to come up with if there is an issue. Like, how do they want to handle me to handle that? Uh, and so we seemed pretty on the same page with that. So I'm super excited. Yeah,
2: that's super great. So here's the thing. You want to keep nurturing this relationship, okay? So um, I... Um, it, it's okay to be even more proactive about it and you can blame me. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have this, you know, say it skillfully guru. And one of the things, you know, obviously our relationship is what underpins our success here. And I want to be the best partner I can be to you. Um, so you might say it, it's just great to have a sense for, you know, what is the environment that's going to help us to flourish? And mm-hmm. the person might even look at you. So, but, you know, like, I, someone who likes to keep things light, um, you know, for me, being direct is really great. I'm really open to feedback. And it, what it does is it just creates an intentional conversation so that two mm-hmm. people can be on the same page. Because the worst thing is, is the junior person, I don't know, does my boss want to hear about this? She doesn't want to hear about it. She does, she doesn't, you know, and then you're kind of guessing. And you spend a lot of time guessing when it would be super great to ask right? And so it just shows an element, I think, of maturity and of interest to really help, you know, accelerate your own learning curve. And at the same time, this one side is how do we flourish? The other question is, how do we want to be when times get tough? And at some point, you know, most likely, Claire, you're going to screw up a little bit, or the boss is going to screw up a little bit, right? And you can be light about it, like, how do we want to handle it? And it might be, let's not take it personal... Um, let's focus on the facts, let's take a breath. And it just normalizes the fact that, you know, relationships are um, very subjective, they're very personal, they're very dynamic. And you're you are both, you know, equally accountable to creating uh, a great one. So let me just pause there. And that might feel a little edgy. Do you feel like that's something you could do?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think that's Exciting to be very straightforward and open and, um, often just let them know, like, hey, I know there is going to be a mistake, whether it's, um, it doesn't matter whose fault it is, but, you know, making sure, like, hey, this is how we handle it and having something that is a little bit laid out would definitely help, I think, take emotions out of it and just say, hey, let's, here's the problem, let's fix it. So that is right. very exciting.
2: That's awesome. So now, getting back to the thing that you had talked about at the previous company, you know, with the the clients, I think that without making that necessarily this huge growth opportunity, but then and there may be some of these things that you know from your past experience. You know, one of the things that's helpful for me is understanding in this situation. You know, when we think about you know customer service, uh, great follow up. What's that look like? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so for- a, a broader term for that, Claire, might be, you know, mm-hmm. I I understand the role. Um, help me with what do you think success looks like? Pause. Yeah. So
4: at my new new place or the my
2: old place? At your new place, right? So new place, just help, have the boss mm-hmm. help. Because lots of times what happens, in, and I work with a lot of the bosses, you know, oh, this job didn't <laughs> get done this certain way. And I'm like, okay, um, there might... It, Probably a competent person because you hired them and you love them, right? Right. So, well, yeah. it might be that you shared what you thought, you know, the job was, but they didn't quite get it. And communication is not about what we said, it's what people actually hear. So, right, yeah. that's a chance to say, Hey, I, I definitely have a sense of what I think great right, looks like. I'd love to hear from you, my boss person, right? What's success mm-hmm. look like. Right. And I so that way it's also clear for you because you may you may have a very different um, picture of that just doesn't make it wrong, but it you you want to make sure that you and the boss are aligned, um, and and I do think that appetite for risk and just kind of feeling out this is the early days. Some folks I know are, would say, "Oh my god, that wasn't a big deal," and the boss is freaking out because it's very risky. And so just just aligning yeah. on what you know what's what's edgy, what's not edgy. I think that is. Um, big opportunity. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about when you interviewed, did you interview a lot of the colleagues you'll be working with, Claire?
4: Yeah, so it was awesome. I actually got to interview with um, the head person, like the head of the the region area, the person who's in charge of the office and the salespeople in the office. And then I also got to meet some of the recruiters. And so I will be working directly with them as well as clients. So it was really cool to meet some of the girls that I'd be working with and um, hear, like, for them, like, what's important to them and how, um, and how like, their process works. Because for me, you know, I, I'm kind of a liaison between recruiters and clients and just really work in hearing, like, what they would need from me and really understanding what they're doing. Uh, and so it was really cool to um, meet them and, and meet all different types of people. I got to meet with about eight different people who I'll be working with. So it was very exciting to also kind of feel out the culture of the company. That was something important to me as well.
2: That's great. And for uh, listeners' sake, I am curious when you asked, like, what is the culture like? I'm curious how they articulated it.
4: Yeah, so for them, they said it was very much a family culture. Um, people had been in people's weddings. It's very much... Uh, the company wants to take care of their people, and that was very important to me. Uh, you know, they realize people will make mistakes and people will um, need help, and, but they also want um, the people to work with them to thrive, and that was something that really stuck out to me was they, you know, if someone else wins, that's their win as well, and that was something very exciting for me.
2: It's awesome, and are you going to be in person with these folks most of the time? Uh, how's the job working?
4: So I'll be in person three days a week and hybrid at home. I guess the other two the great thing is they're flexible, so they are um I am able to go in five days a week if I would like. so I get to meet that, a bunch of
2: people fabulous, okay, so you sound like you're rocking and rolling. I'm gonna encourage <laughs> you to be really you know intentional and 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 You know, this could be a a fun exercise for you, but imagine you go into, whether it's your boss or a colleague's office, you have an interaction, and then you leave. And you might think, what are the two or three words that they're left with? And I say this for all listeners, right? So here's people often say, I don't know how they got this perception of me. That's not how I am. You know, believe me, this was me talking to me, so this is real. <laughs> so to the extent that you know, how do you want to be known um, in a way that yeah. adds outsized value, right? So it's great to be cheerful. I'm not saying you shouldn't be cheerful, and maybe that is an overriding um, you know, benefit of you. But think about the things you want to be known for. And the reason that's so important is if you know that's what you want to be known for, then your actions – and your words will telegraph that, and so will not be—you know—it won't be a shock to you when you get a review. Oh, Claire, people think you're this, this, and this, and you'll be like, ha, oh, ha, oh, "That's what I wanted them to think."
4: <laughs> that's perfect. I love that.
2: Yeah, so you can loop back with me on those words, and uh, why don't you give uh, us a, an idea of what was your top takeaway from our little chat?
4: So, my top takeaway from our little chat was. Uh, just to be very straightforward and kind of have some of those conversations in the beginning in terms of how do we handle a problem or what does growth look like in the company and really being proactive instead of reactive.
2: Love it. I love it. I love it. I am cheering for you, right? The youth of America here makes me so happy. You know how to reach (laughs) me and I thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care. Thanks, you too. Have a nice day. You as well. So fabulous. Okay, we are heading down the coast. That was all East Coast today. We're heading down the coast to Richmond, and I am thrilled to welcome Julie to the show. Julie, welcome to Say It Skillfully.
5: Well, thank you so much for having me, and um, Corey's here as well, so my business partner, and we're both really excited to be um, participating in your show today, Molly. Thanks for- yes. Thanks for asking us.
2: Yeah, this is so great because we have business partners. So uh, we can imagine there's a lot of juicy conversations or situations that come up um, where we're duking it out to be skillful or with, um, you know, your customers or partners. So Julie and Corey, welcome. And uh, we'd love to hear uh, any challenging situations on your mind.
5: <laughs> sure. Um, I I'll go first. I think um, I'll take it from the internal side and then we'll see if um, Corey wants to chime in from the client side. So for us, um, internally, um, we have very different um, communication styles. And what we have frequently struggle with is, Um, messaging overwritten communication, right? Where it feels like there's a lot of interpretation that happens between the two of us where I infer tone or he infers tone or, um, and really having to remind ourselves frequently that that's, there's no tone there, right? If there was tone, I would tell you like, hey, I'm really angry or um, I'm really upset about something. And so there's that reminder all of the time, but I'm wondering, you know, if there are ways that tools that we could use that help us to even have to avoid having those conversations um, on repeat. Cause it feels like we have to remind ourselves pretty regularly to remove our emotions and to just be more like the intent is what's in the message. And that's it.
2: I love it. This one is fabulous. Um, this gets to the absolute core of saying it skillfully, which starts within, right? All the issues we have with others, you know, this case with each other, but they start within. So it's this mirror for ourselves. And so the first thing is about being in a really great relationship with ourselves, like what's going on for us. So it may be that uh, Corey writes an email, Julie's like, like all of a sudden your hair's on your neck. And, and the first thing would be to default to, huh, what's going on for me? And that I know that sounds really kind of minor, but it's actually the most major thing. Didn't get enough sleep. Horrible. Whatever happened. And so maybe we're a bit vulnerable. We're we're a little we're a little edgy. Um, it might be you're thinking, here we go again. I'm thinking, here we go again. What? Right? Do I have a business partner who's trying deliberately to annoy me at you know eight a.m. in the first email of the day? No. <laughs> so that ability to just breathe and be in good relationship with ourselves, but also not to make ourselves wrong or bad for it, to show self-compassion, Julie, is the most important thing. And if you can be firm, kind of comfortable at one with oneself, the next step is putting ourselves in others' shoes. Oh, I see this email was written at 3 a.m. Oh my God. Compassion for Corey writing emails at 3 a.m. because he thought it was so important. And so let me come at this, you know, from a place of understanding, not a place of trying to make someone else wrong or bad. But just pause there. Th- those two steps can diffuse 80% most of the time. Uh, but you tell me what you think.
5: I, I love that. Um, I kind of laughed when you said Corey writing emails at 3 a.m. That uh, that would be more likely be me that would be writing them. I would <laughs> wake up and think, oh, I need to get him this message now. And then he would ask me, the very next day. Why did you think this was so important that you had to do it at 3 a.m. So um I I yeah, that's very helpful to think about looking inside first. And um I generally for for me personally, when I am really stressed, it just comes out sideways in my communications. I become I kind of mean, not intentionally, but I just I don't I don't really handle certain types of stress very well. And so I know when my communications in general for a long period of time are sideways, it's definitely me. And that I need to like deal with something else before I continue to communicate. So that, that really resonated with me. Um, I will tell you, there's one little, well, there's one thing that we, we did, we've only done it once, but I, I loved it. And it was, it just gave us this opportunity to be, have this really fun and, um, conversation where, um, we called it the petty moment, right. Where there was something that was bothering me. So I started it. I was like, Hey, can I be petty for a minute? And he's like, yeah, go for it. And I just went through like, you know, and it was the dumbest thing ever, but it had been weighing on me. And I mean, it's so dumb. I'll tell you what it was. I, the day before we were on all these zoom calls and like four of our clients had like sneezed on various calls and every time they sneezed, he said, bless you. And I sneezed and he didn't acknowledge it. And so I was like, I just need to be petty. Like, do you want me to die? Why would you not say bless you? And he was like, I, I didn't see you sneeze, Julie. I didn't know it happened. I thought you coughed. And I was like, okay. So I felt better just saying it. And then he was like, now I'm going to be petty for a minute. And I'm like, go for it. And, you know, just like sort of calling it what it was, having the conversation and then just moving forward. And it was just a really easy way for us to say things that were really bugging us that were just dumb. And we knew they were dumb, but we still needed to say them to just feel better about it.
2: Uh, I love, love, love love it because what you did is create transparency, right? Here's this reality. Like, I can't believe he didn't say, bless you. He's so mean. He's so nice. Everybody else is mean to me. He's, his reality is sneeze. Did she sneeze? No idea. Right. And so this is, this is a huge opportunity folks, Da-da-da-da, you know, like uh, epiphany that, you know, you had a reality and it was different than Corey's. And unless you bring them up, you don't even realize there's a disconnect. So bravo. And so to get to this notion of the two of you and with the previous caller, I mentioned this as well. You know, I think about this as a team alliance and let's face it, the relational dimension, right? We talk about it all the time. It is what underpins the highest performance. It isn't the task part. So the two part of this team alliance is if you can sit down and you can imagine a slide with a few bullets, it's like the atmosphere that's gonna help us to flourish. And you co-create it, you know, maybe it's half a dozen things. Um, For some folks, you know, they need to be more direct or they need to keep it lighter or they need to take a break. But it's something that, and, and people might use the word, well, we have to trust. Well, that's kind of a loaded word. Like, so how do we know what's trust? What's trust to Julie? What's trust to Corey? How do we know we have it? And just double clicking on that to get shared meaning around some of these words can help you create the environment, if you will, the culture very intentionally. And just as you did with this petty moment, which I love it, how do we want to be when times get tough? How, and think about that, because yeah, obviously the fan's going to stop spinning at some point. How do we want to handle it? And it gives you a chance to just try to get outside emotional states and say, okay, wait a second, you know what's going on here? Let's not take it personally. Let's assume positive intent. Let's take a breath, right? Or maybe you say, you know, when we're, we're, if we're triggered, we're just going to like... End the Zoom, and then we'll get back. We'll, we'll you know call an audible, and we'll take a break and come back. But I encourage intentionality around that because it it, it just ensures that you're on the same page about the environment and culture you want to have. And then if you write it down, you know maybe a month later, say, you know, "We wrote this down. Let's just check it out. Are we doing it? Is it helping us? Is it not helping us?" Because you know, presumably, you work with clients. You you two want to be modeling working amazingly together because that's what you model for the folks that you have the privilege to work with externally. So I think about that as truly leading from within, leading from the front. I'll pause for a moment. How's that landing?
6: Uh, Yeah, that sounds great. And I mean, it's funny because when you talk about the, Different communication styles and leading with emotion or not or whatever. Like Julie and I have very different communication styles and um, very different personalities. And, and I try. I'm not always successful, but I try to keep most of my written communication unemotional. Like in my opinion, text or email is specifically for transferring information, and that's it. Um, and you know, we get we we uh, we sometimes get wires crossed and get can you know confused or whatever, and then Julie blames me for making up all of these rules about how we can and can't communicate. But like, if we're going to have like a talk about a misunderstanding, in my opinion, it needs to be in person, whether that's over the phone or actually in person, um, you know, and it's one of those uh, things that she, I, I guess, kind of has a hard time dealing with because, or not dealing with, but it's, it's harder for her because she wants to talk about it right now. And I'm fine talking about it next week um, type of thing. So um <laughs> So that's like the the, kind of the tough thing that we're getting, you know, the tough situation that we kind of get into. And then when it comes to like being positive and 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 all of that, like I am not one to give positive feedback at all. And that's something that Julie enjoys is, you know, she needs the the occasional pat on the back, Um, not, you know, just to, you know, for. The sake of patting somebody on the back, but for actually, um, you know, when she does something well or whatever. And I'm just not that type of person to give positive reinforcement. Um, And anytime that I do, I'd say about half the time she thinks that I'm making fun of her. Um, (laughs) So so that's like one of the things that we've had. So, in terms of like, uh, you know, some of the issues that we've had. So, in terms of like just creating those, I don't want to call them boundaries or rules, but just getting on the same page to know that you know, if, if X, Y, or Z happens, it's because yeah. it has nothing to do with anything else other than, you know, what's being said in that message.
2: Yeah. yeah. Hey, Corey, I hear you. And I love that you are so transparent about this because I want to lean into this appreciation feedback thing. So, and I'll send you the link because Alan Malali, who's a mentor friend, just idol of mine, you know, did a video about appreciation and you cannot over-appreciate anyone. I only know one person who feels over-appreciated. Right. And, So this is the opportunity, I think, for a Corey, because if I think about the system, the dynamic duo of Julie and Corey, we want that entity to really thrive, right? Because that's how you guys are going to do your best work and best serve your clients. So what I'm hearing is Julie needs, wants, needs um, some affirmation. And I hear Corey say, well, I don't do that. So, well, this is a deal. This is a growth opportunity because you know you've been successful as you are but what got you here doesn't get you there and the ability to learn that hey i can provide you know positive reinforcement this doesn't have to be super gushy and mushy it can be an adult girl like hey i really appreciate that that really made a difference i know you went out of your way love it i mean we're talking 10 seconds and you know for folks who need that, and they, it's a need, right? Then you're enabling them to be their best self in support of your of your company. So that's an opportunity, I would say, Corby, think about that, like it's a way for you to grow, right? So that you can create this. And I would tell you that this habit, and I've leaned into this a lot the last three or four years, and it's made an enormous difference because the people I care about most really know that I actually appreciate what they're doing. There's no like they don't have to pretend It just and it, it it deepens the relationship. So let me pause Corey. What do you think about that?
6: I completely agree with you. It's just one of those things that like it's never never in the forefront of my mind because for me, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not big on receiving feedback. I know when I did well, I know when I screwed up, I know when I just dialed some, you know, phoned something in. So you know, for me, it's, it's uh, kind of projecting my expectations out on everybody else. And then I also come from working years and years and years in restaurants where, you know, my motto was no news is good news. Cause I don't have time to thank you for every little thing that you do. So, you know, if you go through, get through an entire shift and, and you didn't get yelled at, then uh, you did a good job. So you should just be happy with that. And I understand that doesn't work for everybody, but I'm trying to, you know.
2: Yeah. Hey, listen, we understand where you're from. And so you can say, you can see it. And so here's the opportunity where you can decide, do I want to be a bit better? Do I want to be a more effective leader? Do I want to have slightly greater range? Doesn't mean you do it all the time, Corey, but you know, I think of these as toolkits and you know, I think you care, you care about people, you care about Julie. And for some folks, they need to know you care, right? And so that's this is about treating people the way they need to be treated. That's what great leaders do. They don't treat people the way they need to be treated, you know. And so, this is hard for lots of folks. So, I just want to normalize it, so I can hear a little bit of that. Well, this is how I am. I'm like that. Maybe is how you were. You could intentionally decide. You know what? I'm someone who's really generous about giving credit when due. Right. Well, I'm not saying go out of your way, but we you know feel like someone did something super, and. I also push back that it's it's free. It doesn't take a lot of time. Free. It doesn't take a lot of time. So here's a, a little trick for you. Get a little piece of sticky paper. And you might say, you know, once a day, I'm going to acknowledge Julie and just make it a goal seven times a week. Okay. or 5 I'm assuming you guys are on your own. Maybe you work seven days. So only five days. It's fine. And just try it out.
6: I'll start out once a month and then go from there. He's
5: dying right now.
2: <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine. So you guys, I love how open folks you are already. And so I think if you can codify it a little bit, and I, I'm feeling like if you give yourself permission to try some different ways on, I know we like to think of, like, well, this is how I am. Like, I'm, I'm not patient. I'm like, well, great, Molly. If you think you're not patient, you're never going to be patient. Marshall would say, let it go, right, let it go and try on something new. And you don't have to, you can cross this kind of edge. You don't have to stay there. You can come back. You can have more range. And, and I think about this as, you know, like I put, everything's a tennis analogy for me, right? You could just say, I just played on my forehand, run around my forehand, right? Or you could, you know, create some different ways to win, amp up the backhand, amp up the net game, and you have some, you have some options. You don't have to use them, but it creates some range. Um, okay, so I'm I'm very curious about the external piece, Corey. Thoughts on uh, some of the tough conversations externally,
6: um, like with uh, clients or customers, that type of stuff.
2: Yeah, both, or, or you know, if, if you have vendors or stakeholders or partners to sure. work with.
6: Um, I, I think it's definitely it's a little it's a little easier for us in some regards, but then it also it really depends upon the person because some people take feedback very well and everybody says they take feedback well some people are just awful at receiving feedback and giving feedback um so for us it's really just trying to read the client or the customer uh and let them know like here's what your expectations of us were and here's what our expectations of you were um you know and that's something that we set up in our initial onboarding call is that expectation and then Just trying to be as honest about it, but the the problem is, is we work with a lot of small business owners, and it's a very personal and emotional uh, topic that we're talking about because this, you know, a lot of people, a lot of small business owners, they their business is an extension of them. So if you say that something's not going well or whatever, they take it personally. So for us, it's really trying to navigate it in a way that we can say, "Hey, you're screwing up," but here's ways that you can, uh, here's a solution to the problem, not you're screwing up, fix it. Here's the solution. So being proactive, I guess.
2: I got it. For listeners' sake, just do a quick blurb. What do you do in the company? And then Corey, Julie, let's do a a live scenario where it didn't go so well with a client so we can talk it through and see how we might approach it differently.
6: Sure. So our, our business is like, we focus strictly on small businesses and we uh startups and people who have been in business for less than three years so it's a lot of people who um either have a a side hustle that they're trying to turn into a full-time job or they've been in business and they haven't really gone anywhere with it so it's a lot of working with people to just build out like their their foundation which includes the the culture what what they are what they stand for that type of stuff and then um working with them to create processes or delegate or whatever, because a lot of people, they, they're, they're pulling every lever, they're doing all the work themselves when they need to stop and take a look at what they're doing and, and figure out ways to solve a problem without them being a part of the solution.
2: So if I was going to summarize it in the line, it's consultancy and you do what's the main focus?
6: julie what's the main focus <laughs>
5: <laughs> um i i would say that uh, Corey and i help entrepreneurs and um, small business owners defeat chaos inside of their business we are um, very good at helping them get things organized figure out um, what are the true high priorities that are going to as we like to say keep them closest to the cash because when you're just starting out that you know Predictable revenue is a big problem for a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs. And so we work with we work with that. So we help them reduce the chaos, eliminate, defeat the chaos so that they can run a successful business.
2: I love it. That sounds fabulous. There's a lot of need for that. Okay, I appreciate that. And so, role play, if you will, you know, give us a little bit of a train wreck where maybe the person didn't receive um, your your feedback as uh, you would have liked, and and we can perhaps uh, give you some options for the future.
6: Well, a lot of times it, it really, when we're helping people launch a, a new business or, or get back into improving their business, it's really exciting to start. But the one thing that they always forget is that it's it's consistency, it's a grind. It's It's a lot of just boring, repetitive things that you have to do over and over again. And the big wins come because of all of like the little tiny tasks that you do along the way. And so the, the most common problem that we probably run into is people get discouraged when one month, two months, you know, even six months down the road, things aren't just booming for them. Um, you know, it might be better, but it's not, uh, it's not, you know, they haven't seen exponential growth in that short amount of time.
5: So then yeah. they start pulling a lot of levers to to try a bunch of different things without really doing any analysis on what's truly working, and then um, we'll get a little sideways on you know the, their their frustration, right? So you know they're they're doing things that are behind the scenes that we're not even aware they're doing and weren't part of the plan to <laughs> try and really speed up the consistent revenue.
2: Oh, I got it. That's we love that. They're flailing. They're flailing. So um the the, you know, one thing to get ahead of that, and you're probably doing this, is just laying out a bit of the roadmap for people because it sounds like you you know the journey. Um, and maybe you you've told them that, but they've forgotten. But they perhaps there's a way to institutionalize. Remember this little chart that we talked about month four or five in this like big cloud here, you know, and to, to keep it light. Uh, But to also have as part of your alliance with your clients, which is to say, hey, you know, when things are slipping, what's really going to help us if we're all on the same page and we have transparency so that you don't have this behind the scenes, you know, Wizard of Oz pulling stuff behind the curtain and you folks are wondering what's going on. So I think part of that is this is the value that you're adding, normalizing that it doesn't go as kind of quickly and normalizing that this is the deal. I know we want it to be a sprint, but it's a marathon, right? So you look them in the eye, Look, how can we, what, what can we do to be helpful to you? What do you need to help kind of make it through the marathon? Um, can't might be a way to prevent a little bit of that, but also normalize when they're doing it for you guys to say, remember we talked about this. So let me pause there. How's that?
5: I, I love that. I love that laying out the, um, the, um, you know, sort of the framework of what they can expect and then reminding them that it's a marathon, not a sprint. I think people forget that.
2: Yeah. And I think that also reinforces the value of why would they be working with you is because we're going to try to help you stay high, right? <laughs> and do the things that are going to serve you and not inadvertently become your worst, your worst enemy. Um, you guys have been delightful. How about a top takeaway from each of you from our conversation?
5: Well, I'm going to get praise and acknowledgement. I'm super stoked about that.
6: (laughs) I'm less stoked about that.
5: (laughs) Uh, I I really, I think honestly, the, I love the um, sitting down and thinking about that relational alliance and, you know, mapping that out so that we know what sort of atmosphere we want to build that will help us really flourish. Not only, you know, as, you know business partners and working together, but also help our model really good behavior for our clients.
2: Love it. Thank you very much, Julie. Corey?
6: Yeah. And for me, it's uh, it's a lot of the stuff that I already know. It's like you said, giving people what they need and not projecting what I want or who I am onto them. Um, And it's just something that it's like working out or anything else. It's just something that you have to get in the motion and, and get into the repetition. And then it becomes easier.
2: For sure. Okay. I am cheering for both of you. You know how to reach me. If I can be of more help, you let me know. I thank you for being part of the solution. You have a great week. Take care.
6: Thank yeah,
2: you. That's oh, so fabulous. Okay, folks, my thought for the week, it's easy to look tall when you feel tall. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your own top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you, to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life.
1: Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem.